Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. Hi, this afternoon we're here with living legend Peter Robert, who is currently teaching drama at Xavier College, but he'll tell you a little bit more about himself. And this is an interview for the Drama Archive, Drama Australia Archive project, Mama, Memories and Memoirs. So, Peter. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Meg. Thanks and you know, for you qualify me. as being a drama legend because you've been involved in drama education for 30 or so years. 32. 32. 32. So since I started teaching. Yeah. That's fantastic. Excuse me, I'm just having a scratch there. So let's begin with asking you how did you become involved in drama education? Um, by default, more than anything else, I think I went to Melbourne State College uh, to do media, had to pick up another subject, obviously liked doing drama, didn't do any drama at school because my school didn't have it. And, what school uh, was that? I went to Camberwell Grammar okay. that have been doing selfies lately in the nude. Oh, good they didn't do that when I was at school, that would have qualified for drama I think, but yeah. um, they did nothing like that. Um, but. Campbell Grammar had a pretty good arts program, lots of performances, things like that, but not any drama per se. So it was all new to me to go uh, and start doing a, a course of drama. Uh, Jim Lewis was my teacher in 1979. Um, we had that great luxury of, I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday, it was virtually all day, one workshop, wow. all day. And then there was another catch-up later on in the week, but um, that had a profound effect on me and certainly some of the things that I still aspire to doing well in class come from that first year. I did Impro the next year with um, Dave Lander. I think uh, uh, I had to do a bit of movement the following year, which I wasn't as good at either. I remember doing... um, We did a production of The Good uh, Person of Szechuan. I was in as many plays as I could go in. Uh, It was great. And slowly my interest in the media sort of waned as the interest in drama waxed. But then when I went and taught, my first couple of years I had a couple of drama uh, classes but mainly media. And for the first four or five years teaching at Footscray Tech, very little drama, a little bit, but not a lot and did a lot of um, media teaching. Mm. And then I went away for a few years, and when I came back, there was an opening to, to take over the drama department, which was pretty kind of barren at that stage, and I've never really looked back, and I mm. took over drama, and on it went And there, there you are. And there I am. Was there anything in particular about, you said you had that whole day intensive, that immersive workshop. What sort of stuff did you get up to? Well, I, look, it's funny you ask. One of the first sessions, because you remember we would have started, as universities tend to do, it right into February or maybe March, mm. and it coincided with Moomba, you know, which would be Labor Day weekend. And, of course, it came to a 
realisation we don't get. It must have been Mondays. That's right, Monday must have been it because it was a Monday that we had this long, huge, multi-houred class. And um, Jim said, he probably went to the pub, but he said, you go in pairs. And I went with a guy called Andrew Chapman and um, you got to take blindfold and one of you is blindfolded for an hour and is being led by the other one and then you swap over and it's about trust and it's about using your other senses and they said go anywhere you like well we you know Melbourne State College is at the top of um, Swanston Street so out we went into the street and they were milling and getting all the cars ready for the for the big Moomba parade and at one stage he led me and, you know, I had no idea where I was. I knew we hadn't, it was very noisy, but he, he said, all right, just stand here and take a big sniff and tell me what you can smell. I said, oh, it's, it's, um, it's perfume. And this voice said, it's hardly perfume, darling. <laughs> and it turned out uh, he'd taken me to the back of the King of Moomba, that year's King of Moomba, his car, and he was sitting there waiting for his turn to go down, and it was Sir Robert Heltman. Oh. And I never met him, never saw him, because I didn't take my blindfold off. But I chatted to him, With and I, he said to you, uh, that he said, and he, he pegged it, he said, um, don't tell me this is a drama class. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so he felt sprung, so nothing changes. And uh, yeah, and he said, do you know who I am? And uh, I had no idea. And, but when he said it, I'm like, oh no, he said, I, uh, I'm King of Moomba. Do you know who the King of Moomba this year is? And I said, no, no I'm sorry, afraid I don't. He goes, no, I didn't expect many people would. <laughs> Uh, he said, I'm normally a dancer, that's what I'm known for, or for locking children up and yeah. bingo. I said, right, you're Sir Robert Helpman. And I shook his hand, but I didn't look at him. In fact, I, went, I think I went to take it off, and I think he said, no, leave it on. You'll spoil the drama. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my memory of that. Great introduction. So have you yeah. actually used that technique in your teaching? I, a little bit. Not that the luxury of letting people out into the wide world, which would be so good. Um, and so, and true trust. Nowadays, if I do that with the Xavier boys, <laughs> they'll just beat each other up, you know. The whole trust thing is about do I trust them to actually not kill each other? Not always. Okay. You know, there is an element that, you know, you say, please, you must lead them or you can't let them walk into a pole. Oh, I've planted that idea in their of head course you and they will try and give that a go. So I sometimes think that that's much more of a senior activity than it is for, for juniors. Yeah, yeah. And you find other ways of trust, don't you? Trust is, yeah. is usually earned rather than dictated yeah, in a drama indeed. class, I think. Yeah, indeed. So um, what are some of the changes that you think you've witnessed during your time in drama education? Like when you first went out and you were first teaching drama in a high school setting, and now? Um, I think it went through a real phase with um, process drama, which is so exciting and interesting and hard. And I remember really, that was, in, it, maybe it wasn't in its infancy, but certainly at, at uni, everyone was trying to do the Dorothy Heathcote stuff and yep. not everyone was doing it or doing it well. Yep. But certainly by the time uh, I, I came back to teaching drama um, seriously in the in the late eighties mm -hmm. and the early nineties. It was much more um, uh, expected that you would do that and give it a crack. And mm. um, and certainly that's a good example. I think the process drama of. If you put a lot of work and planning into it, you get so many rewards. Mm. It can, when you when you nail it, you really nail yeah, it. Yeah, you do. And but then I've since found that um, 
maybe more so now where I am at, at Xavier that um, I don't so much do that sort of thing anymore. I, we're much more um, driven towards what the VCE expects. So yeah. we're kind of teaching to that. And I don't think that's a good thing. Um, I think it's kind of... I don't think we're the only subject doing that, but uh, I just... We don't have the time. And I don't... I teach from year 9 to 12. Mm. Uh, I, I don't have the luxury of time that process drama would take. Yeah. Or even having a standalone subject that in, allows you to do that, maybe a, co- a cross-curricular subject where drama could be the method by which you teach a range of other ideas, yeah. which I think would be such a luxury. And, you know, as, as you get older and think, <laughs> like, this is a young person's game... I don't think so. I think the process drama side of it isn't. That really is for where a good retiring teacher heads and starts to try and convince a a curriculum, uh, you know, the the people in charge of the curriculum, that there is room for an opportunity for this sort of um, uh, focused uh, drama-based learning, Mm. you know, that isn't heading towards VCE. Yeah, and I think you've identified that that really big change since uh, the 90s yeah. when we started to look at high stakes assessment yes, in the yes, drama. Yes, 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 yeah. And you're, I think you're saying that's really had an impact. Well, I, certainly, I, especially since now moving into a school that is 9 to 12, the whole push to VCE, and I got much more involved with uh, the VCAA and assessing and all that, and that has become far more of my planning mm. and my own personal um, professional development has gone into, into the VCE. And that's not always... I'm not necessarily satisfied with that. And yeah. I think, you know, I secretly think that the VCE is a bit... It's much more straightforward to teach, drama and theatre studies. I think we, we overcomplicate it and make it, you know, especially since they keep changing it every few years, which it just makes it harder for teachers <laughs> to teach it. Oh, there's a new term. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, But I still think at, at heart we all get pretty good at it. Uh, and I just wish there was a chance to go back and do some of that more challenging um, process drama. Yeah, the stuff that's that's, in, that's intense and is over time and, um, and you can go in and out of. Um, yeah. So what, instead of process drama, how would you describe what goes on in a drama classroom now in more contemporary times? That I teach. That, yeah. Um, I'm... I certainly, I like inventing uh, new ways of getting students to not do naturalistic, uh, plot-driven theatre, and I like to mix it up. So, say, in Year 9, for example, I love to get them doing a little bit of naturalistic stuff with, and getting really comfortable with it and then introduce something like we do a bit of Bouteau. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea that you try and put something, and we do some intense stuff on what Bouteau is and where it came from, and they, and they really like the images and the ideas. Ideas, and then you say, right, now let's try and apply it to what you're doing with the naturalistic stuff. And initially it's a bit like mixing the water and the olive oil, you know, and it's just not mixing. But when they slowly start to find a way of... When they start to let go of trying to be naturalistic and letting it all become an expression and putting the emphasis back on what the audience have got to do, the okay. work the audience has to do, that's when they start to get it. And it, when you start doing that, you can start to talk to them about being, truly being an artist in so far as a performance artist is that you're saying, you're trying to do what's going on for you, let the audience work out what that means to them, mm-hmm. you know, and that 
and that becomes a consistent message that they see in, in the other art forms that they might be studying, yeah. you know. Yeah, cool. Year 10, I do it a little bit more focused towards VCA theatre studies, and we still devise in Year 10 the idea, I like the idea of getting them to... Um, we learn a little bit about the conventions of particular styles, but then they have to apply them to contemporary scenarios. And the media is really, uh, really rich for for issues that are on that you say, right, how would we talk about, say, they had a bit of success this year with the... Um, with Bronwyn Bishop and the helicopter and uh, the approach to Adam yep. Goods um, getting booed, looking at it from, say, a medieval theatre approach and using personification or using that, that whole idea of the focus of the morality mm -hmm. in it and, um, and then using maybe some uh, chorus work, which is really easy in a football context, you know, but then saying, well, it's all very well to have a chorus. Now I want to see the stylized movements. Mm -hmm. I want to see, you know strong gesture and declamatory style that make that work and yet they're really talking about a really contemporary idea and mm. you have a lot of fun with that I think mm. you know so that's what goes on in my classroom. Um, so what would you say would be a real high for you in your career? Over the whole time? Yeah. Uh, it's one? never been the classroom stuff I mean you have lots of little moments but it's been projects that we've done like productions um, They've always, and they haven't always been good. I've had some reactions, you know, mm -hmm. all right, that's over, good, let's move on. <laughs> and that's, I think, one of the reasons I've survived, I think, is that I am very good at saying there'll always be another production, there's always mm -hmm. next year, mm -hmm. so not, you don't hang your whole, um, I don't get stressed out about it, you know. There'll, there'll be another show. If it's not going to quite work, it's not going to quite work, but sometimes they do. Um, we did a show, and that's, um, it was interesting seeing the list out the front of people who put down plays. Yeah. And someone's put down a play that I devised in 2001 or 2002 is now on the list out there as a thing called, and I brought it along to show you, Macbeth.com, uh, mm. which I was very proud of. This came out of trying to prove to some students uh, that they said that theatre can't make people scared. Theatre is not... And they were right into Tarantino. It must have been soon... It was not long after um, uh, Pulp Fiction yes. had come out. Yes, And they were really into that idea that violence and the things that turn them on is not found in the theatre. And yet they hadn't read Macbeth. Mm. And um, they were year 11s going into year 12. I said, well, why don't we do Macbeth next year as a project? So we got in the English teacher because it was being taught in the English faculty to the year 11s. And so we got, before we even started the project, and normally I'll say, well, let's do a play and we cast it and off you go. But I had these three students who had done three, four drama. They'd finished, they were year 11s. The, once they'd done their exam, they still had about three weeks of mm. school. Uh, when the 12s had finished, they were hanging around. So we started pre uh, doing all the pre-planning for a show for this show, and we brought in the English teacher and said, um, you know, if we were going to do a play for Year 11s, what are the key ideas that the English faculty would want us to keep? And amongst a lot of other stuff, he said he said they teach that the witches are bad. You know, sometimes you see productions where the witches might be a product of Macbeth's imagination or the witches are open to interpretation. He said, we like to sell the idea, because Shakespeare certainly was writing the play for James I, that the witches are very much um, 
people who dabble in the dark arts and that's yep. a no-no and this is a place saying see what happens when you listen to people who are doing bad things like not reading the Bible and, and mm -hmm. dabbling in the dark mm -hmm. arts. So they said whatever you do the witches have got to be bad. So then the other thing that was on at the time was Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet and they all had to recontextualise it and that okay, we don't have to recontextualise it. And somehow we got onto this idea, what about if every scene was recontextualised? What about if we played with the play where we don't care about the context? And somehow we worked on the idea that the witches are a virus. If they're a virus, maybe Macbeth isn't so much the man, but is his website. Mm -hmm. And that, in fact, every time we have a new scene or act, we would open the website and you've got it all there. And we're right into that idea of web making and how you go onto websites and you follow the logic of, and so you can have all these battles, you can have his relationships, his friends, his, the other thanes, you can have his castle and go into it and travel around. And from there, we, we ended up with this amazing production that was, it was just so popular for people to come and see. We had three huge screens, back projection, uh, and the whole thing was really all, that was it. They acted to these big screens. We used, um, yeah, we had the idea that, for example, he could open his laptop and up would come the floor plan to um, the castle. Mm -hmm. So he's turning off the security system when he's going to go and murder the king. And that's when the image of the, the dagger comes up and he can see it on his laptop. And there was a logic to that. We shot... We went down to a supermarket at night with another guy, all students doing it. They, I have no idea how to do any of this technology. And they knew it. And they, we, they brought in friends from who could write programs and got worked out how, how the projectors would talk to each other. And this is 2002. Wow. So it was, it was pretty Early clever. Early days. Yeah. And um, so we shot Macduff getting... Um, a Banquo getting executed in this uh, in a supermarket, and they took it away and you know made it black and white. Took out every second frame, put a, a time code, and it looked just like CCTV, a CCTV yeah, yeah, footage, so that that could be up there while the murderers are saying we left him in a ditch with you know twenty trenchant gashes or whatever. So that was a high point, uh, Macbeth.com, and it's been done five or six or ten times since because I went and did conferences. I went to uh, to Canada to the idea conference and presented it and said this is something you know the script's online you can download it you can cut it you like and hand it to students and say how would you do this scene if it was a website and what would Macbeth's website look like mm. and suddenly you open up this idea of ah, a new way of of learning about Shakespeare using performance but a whole lot of other uh, using media language etc yeah and um it just grew legs and I did notice that yeah Fitzroy High School did it this year too now I'm sure they have no idea that this was originally something that I initiated with kids but I don't care I just like the idea that mm. it just keeps going and what was the learning what was the what, what was the big learning for those guys uh, I, well for one thing was listening when you you could hear uh, someone trying to explain to an IT kid about how we need this 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 and this because Macbeth would do this, because the script says it, da, 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 da. and so here they are doing exactly what the English teacher, and to a lesser extent the drama theatre studies teacher wants, but more so the English teacher. Here are these students teaching each other and using the text as their text. Yeah. This is what, you know, and this, yeah, it's perfect education where they're teaching each other. They are, they're no longer, it's no longer in a classroom and I show you and you learn from this. Mm -hmm. It is 
we're really digging into the heart of the matter. Mm. And uh, you stand back and go, that, this, is, this is good pedagogy. It doesn't often happen, but gee, I'm feeling pretty good <laughs> that I've done it, you know? Doesn't and often, often it is a bit hit and miss, but yeah, so that yeah. was a, that was a, a good moment. Fantastic. Yeah. What about a low light? Uh, low light, I've had some. I've, you know, sometimes where, uh, where you're censored by staff who don't like it or tell you that they, you know, in our school you shouldn't do this. And I discovered a lot more of that uh, the more expensive the school is, the more they... Call the shots. Yeah, and they start to worry about your artistic integrity and say, well, you don't need to have that. You just have to do what we tell you. And we say, well, the students need to know that you have got their back, that you're protected. No, we don't want that in there. We don't want that in there. We don't want that. And you, I get it with some things, but some things you just say, please trust us that there's a learning in this. At Footscray, I had one moment that I think is salient and taught me a lot. We bought some scaffolding. And it's a black light theatre, and we had just finished doing a, pro, a, a show where we had oh, 60 or 70 kids involved from year 7 to 12. And we were bumping out, and we were going to go up to the staff room after that and have pizzas and all that stuff before the mums and dads came and got them. And they were all keen, they'd nailed the show, we were packing all the seats up, it was bedlam. Everyone's working, I'm just calling, yelling out, Don't move that, move that, move this. And the student, there were two or three guys up the top pulling lights down and putting them onto the top of this scaffolding, which is about, you know, eight metres up on wheels. And there's a couple of guys at the bottom who's supposed to be holding it. And there's students everywhere. And then the rules had always been you must come down through the ladder through the middle. Mm -hmm. And one cowboy who thought that it wouldn't matter and needed to get down quickly, he was doing it for all the right reasons, doing the wrong thing for all the right reasons. He wasn't trying to be an idiot. He was in a hurry. He was trying to be sort of, uh, you know, Mr. Backstage, I'm into everything. Jumped over the railing and climbed down and then jumped off the top and took the scaff with him. And the scaff fell, and it had, by this stage, maybe six or seven lights, plus two senior students. And in a space that's, you know, not terribly big, it might be sort of um, 12 metres by 12 metres, and this is an eight-metre scaff, and there would be, like I said, about 60 people all around. Right. And it tipped, and I could see it. And, I, you know, that moment where it just went... And then someone shifted and they went bang, 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 and it stood back up again. And it didn't fall. If it had fall, fallen, it would have killed people. Yeah. It would have been a radical change to my life and probably to all drama and theatre people in Australia. Things would have changed. And that all flashed in front of my eyes for that nanosecond that it yep. took for it to right itself. Yep. And then, of course, everyone came down. And we went back over some safety procedures that we probably should have gone through straight away. And, and you know, it serves as a very, very sobering moment that lives with me and constantly Informs. reminds me yep. of best practice, you know, Great. so it's not a bad thing. Thanks, Peter. I think we've all got one of those horror stories. <laughs> we don't um, want to have too many. Let's just talk about your association with um, play, with organisations like Drama Victoria or Drama Australia. Or what, what what have they been and how important have they been to you as a uh, drama educator? Fantastic. For two things. One is, of course, Drama Drama Victoria and then again Drama Australia initially was always... Um, a place you could ring and get your information from and, and I used to get masks all the time and flick through it and get mm. ideas and so it was always there as something you know you use 
But it really became, for me, a, a, a real focus for my education when I got involved. Mm -hmm. And I, it became, I, I got very, very involved uh, for quite a long period of time, as you know. And um, I was sort of, when I say quite a long period of time, really I was active um, for about seven or eight years, mm -hmm. I think, on the committee at ver in various roles and just going to everything that was on. And um, loved it, absolutely loved it. And out of that, great networking. Um, de it really de um, uh, deconstructed, I think, for me, a lot of the things to do with creating um, PD and creating, because we would need to uh, have people run workshops or need to articles for mask, and it would fall on the committee to do it. And mm -hmm. initially go, oh, I always thought really, really, really super important people do these things, not just me, but they turn around and go, well, if you don't do it, we're not going to have it. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So suddenly you realise, you know, yeah, I can actually write an article about this, or mm -hmm. I can actually run PD. And I've got to say, running PD at conferences like this is just so much a reward in itself, mm -hmm. because it's like doing a, a practical class with the best possible students you could ever have. Yeah, I know. You know? <laughs> and so it's kind of unreal in that respect, but it's very affirming. And, uh, and from then on, I just would if I came up with a good idea at school, I'd be happy to try it by offering yeah. to do it at either Jumpstart or at a, uh, at a conference. And then from there, it wasn't hard to do a Drama Australia conference and get active with idea. And um, I always figured if you're gonna go and do an international thing, you go to present something. You yes. know, that should be the, the goal, challenge. the challenge, yeah. yeah. And that's not hard to do. And I think that, that that's what I've got out of it from a selfish point of view. But uh, the other thing is just some great friends and people that you can't go to anything without bumping into somebody yeah. who you know who's part of your wider drama family. Wider drama know? family. Yeah. And just finally, um, what are some of the artefacts and things that you've kept along the way as a drama educator? What, 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 if, you were uh, to, if we were to go into your office or... Un, you know, uh, un, un, what are some things that you might have that you've collected got, along the way? Right. Well, uh, there's a couple of things. I do have a waddy. A large, it's a stick wrapped in foam rubber, wrapped in gaffer tape that students love because they can smack each other pretty hard with it and it doesn't hurt. Uh, and I do find with teaching boys there is a time and place where a little bit of gratuitous violence to each other is kind of cathartic and they want it. They not, so we play often games where there is a chance to do it. I won't go into the details of all the games. They're usually, there's a, there's a reason, but I find that's useful. I've got what I call the nipple ball. I found it at Target. I called it the nipple ball because it's covered in little, yeah. little lumps and um, that's just games with this ball. We play all sorts of games because again, they can throw it. They're, they're very physical, the, mm -hmm. the Xavier mm -hmm. boys, and uh, they need that sort of stuff. Uh, plays. Have you got lots and lots of scripts on your Yeah, shows? yeah, yeah, yeah. I collect a huge number of, of plays and happy to... I find the choice of things for, say, theatre studies is not um, restricted by, oh, I've got, only got four boys, so I've got to find... No, 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 you can do anything, and you find a moment in it that you're going to concentrate on. So I do like to have script in hand. Mm -hmm. I like being able to hold that. I love to use music, always got music on the go, and I've just recently got a very cheap little... You know, mixing de uh, those decks, that sort of stuff. I don't know how to work them, but students do, so they make noise, and that's kind of useful too, and that's another layer in there. Uh, but, yeah, and then 
uh, the, I work in a, a space that's got lights and, and all that, okay. and letting students work with that stuff is pretty important. Even for drama class, let's play with the lights, let's move the space. Cool. So facilities are useful? Yeah, but at Footscray we had very little, but we could black the space out, mm. you know, and that one or two lights can still mm. do it. And the incentive then is to put on a play where we can make some money. Because remember, drama is one of the few subject areas that can actually generate an income yeah. and uh, you pour that back into what you've got. I just recently got an artifact back from my old school actually if we've got 30 seconds. Sure. This is me circa 1991. The latex is starting to come off <gasps> but we made it for a production of McPete. McPete? <laughs> Which is outside of school actually but um, yeah so that's what I looked like back then. And why have you kept it? I didn't. I oh, didn't. they they the school. And then I saw Emma Schmidt today and, and she, she gave it to me and said, fantastic. this has been kicking around. Looks like it's been literally kicking kicked around. around. He needs his ears back on. It's quite a disgusting It thing, is a bit, really. it's a bit like um, Nick Kelly. Yeah, it's Jeff a bit Mask. creepy, but this is very much me at the start of the, the shift and this is me at the end of the shift. Yeah. Or maybe midway through the shift, I'd like to say, yeah. of this drama journey. And last thing, if you hadn't... I'm sure you do mentor quite a few pre-service teachers and graduates. What's a, what's some advice that you might offer them as a as a sort of an elder in the field? Uh, if they're going into the biz, eventually, is I, I am a great believer in if you are a perfectionist, reevaluate because your idea of perfection and the students and the school's idea of perfection may be very different things and there's nothing will burn you out quicker than this idea that you, I am a perfectionist, I've got it, because you'll get disappointed time and time again. So you just have to recalibrate and go in. That doesn't mean you don't have expectations mm -hmm. and you can't set standards high, but by crikey, be, be prepared to be um, flexible because it's, <laughs> It's a, uh, you're in it for the long haul, I would think. <laughs> it's very easy to burn yourself out, would be what I would say. Great. And find the fun in it, because it's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. Thanks so much, Peter. No worries, Meg. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other Mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the Mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question, or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.